glancing at the siren, any and all crime, including murder, will be legal for 12 continuous hours. Police, fire, and emergency medical services will be unavailable until tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. when the purge concludes. Blessed be our new founding fathers and America, a nation reborn. May God be with you all. Sorry for the little <laughs> the mishap. Look, I got my mask, guys. Don't worry. I'm going to do the whole Instagram live like this, okay? Because safety comes first. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Hope everyone's having a good time. I am locked on lockdown. If you didn't know by now, I got the Rona. And the Rona is tough because you can't do anything. You got a sore throat. Sometimes, yeah, exactly. I love all you guys. Thank you for coming in. I'm a wild man. Look at my hair. I just let my hair down. I take my bra off after a really long day. Do you have to wear the mask the whole time? No, I'm alone in a room. I'm not in the usual studio. I'm in a little guest house area. That's why I had to move at the very beginning of the show because the connection was horrible. But you know what? It's okay. Because I was thinking, oh yeah, and I got my jammy jams on, but like for real, I should wear this every episode. I got the Dragon Ball. I'm going to summon the powers of Goku tonight, folks, just for you. Hoo! Hoo! Ha! We have such a crazy... Guys, this is going to be one of the best episodes I think I'm ever going to have. Not only do we have a guest who's very near and dear to my heart, a guy who's been a mentor to me, a guy I've learned a lot from... He's a jack of all trades, as you might like to call him. Zach Dembrowski will be on later. Not going to bring him on immediately like the other guests because me and him are probably going to be going on for a long time. I've done so much with Zach. He's trained me in football. Uh, he's brought me uh, encouragement through uh, school. I don't know. We've done stand-up comedy, uh, open mic scene together. That's a very special bond. So we're going to be talking a lot about that stuff. But first, I wanted to tell you guys what's up. I, I was debating on whether I should do the show or not, but then I thought, you know what? What would Michael Jordan do? He played through the flu. I can do a talk show through the Rona. So as you guys know, Michael Jordan might be the GOAT, but I'm the real GOAT of the Instagram live show. Let me see you spam the GOAT emoji in there. Let me see. Yeah, there's one. Thank you, Rads. Tell me I'm the GOAT. I'm the GOAT of the Instagram live. Not even the Rona can stop. Do you see this mask? Look at this. I don't want to infect you. 
Achoo! Achoo! See that? This mask is about as impenetrable as my drive. <laughs> okay, so guys, to start it off, thank you guys, thank you. Um, to start off the show, I have a very, very special thing to show you guys. I got this in a mail from a sponsor who potentially could be sponsoring the show. So you guys better give these people a lot of love if you're watching. It's a company called, let me just look, it came in a little nice case. There's this place called Nature's Wild Berry. Okay, they hit me up on Instagram and they said, we have a berry. We have a berry that can make you not taste anything. Or it's like, it doesn't make you taste like sour or spice. And I said, wait a second, this solves everything. Now I can finally eat the booty. I mean, I can taste things that are spicy and it doesn't matter. Uh, I didn't mean the booty thing. Okay, but so yeah, they sent me this and I wanted to try it out on the show because I heard when you have the Rona, you're not supposed to smell or taste anything. So, but I have, that symptom hasn't come to me yet. So I'm pissed. I want, I want to know what it's like not to be able to taste anything. So I got these bad boys. We're going to try them out. First time ever. Look at this. Nature's Wild Berry. So guys, if uh, you guys should definitely look them up on Instagram and spam their comment section and everything and say, sponsor Bobby for real. Sponsor Bobby's show. I want you guys to do it. After the show, sp spam these guys. Tell them they have to sponsor me because your boy's hungry. And he needs medicine. And one tiny donation can save this young lad from the Rona disease. <laughs> okay, guys. No. Okay. I got something better than a lemon. My sister, my wonderful sister, partner of the show, has prepared for me multiple sour yet spicy yet disgusting yet I don't know type things for me to dip my tongue into. And... um we're going to try it out. I don't think it affects my smell. Uh, so we're going to try it. So let's see the instructions. Number one, remove both halves of the berry from the package and place into your mouth. Okay. Oh, guys, I have a really bad gag reflex. I did not like that. Yes, Vanessa. She got that all set up for me. Okay, here we go. So we're going to open up this berry and we're going to see what it does to me. Hopefully I don't have a seizure or something like that. Okay, so it said to take out the berry. Step one, take out berry. Whoa, there's only one berry in here. Don't worry guys, it has 0.31 carbs. Gotta watch those carbs when you're on lockdown. Okay, remove both halves of the berry from the package and place into your mouth. Chew for 30 seconds, moving the berry around in your mouth. Swallow berry and enjoy the new sweet taste you got from Sour Foods. All right. Only 30 seconds. Okay, guys. Here's what the berry looks like. It's smellless. Maybe, maybe the Rona side effects are kicking in. I can't smell. Ah, ah, but if I eat this, I can't taste. How am I going to know if it's the Rona or the berry? I have no idea. Okay, I'm going to try it. Hmm. Switching around. <coughs> um, sorry. Hmm. Then switching around for 30 seconds. Okay. Sorry guys, if, if the connection. Okay, I'm chewing it up. Um, it's dissolving, so I don't know. Oh my god! What was that? <laughs> okay, so it's like Swedish, Swedish. I got a couple packs of these. 
but I don't plan on using them all tonight. Don't tell me not to smack my lips. Look at my, is my tongue a different color? I got the berry in my mouth. Okay. So it said, when, when will it kick in? Wait, is it, is it immediate? Does anybody know? Has anyone had these? <clears throat> Should I try? I don't want to eat something gross. And the berry hasn't kicked in yet. Here, let me try. Wait, it says 20 to 30 minutes. If I eat two, will I have, will I have hours of no taste? Let's try I'm going to do a double dose of bears because I'm crazy. I'm not even going to take any precautions. This could kill me. This could kill me on air. I could die right now. Okay. Doesn't make sure it works. I ate two of these mother fluffers. Okay. Now. Do I sound like the Joker from Dark Knight? My father was a drinker. Every day he came home, he would beat me. <laughs> okay. Guys, being very rare. Guys, I have the run. I told you it's a special episode. We're getting crazy before we're bringing on the guests. Okay. You can lose your taste forever. Dear God. Okay, so I don't know. I don't know if this is going to be because of uh, the Rona. Or not, but now I can eat the booty. I mean, I can try a tomato. Okay. I saw a tomato. First thing I'm going to try. Let's see what happens. I actually don't like tomato. I can still smell. <coughs> Guys, I'm very gaggy. So gag warning. Okay. I really don't want to eat this because I hate tomatoes. <sighs> Whatever you say, little sis. Proud of you. <laughs> okay. You guys, here comes the tomato. I don't want to do this. I hope it's good. If this is good, I'm going to pay Wildberry. I'm going to pay them for me to give them shout outs. Because I will eat all these. My last two princes. <laughs> okay, you guys ready? Wow! Oh my god! Holy cow! <laughs> no way! Wait, this is a good this is a good sound bite unless they want to use it for advertising. <laughs> no way! I love wild berries! They're the best! <laughs> you guys think that'll give you a sponsorship? <laughs> no, but for real? Wait, this is actually crazy. Oh my god. This is so good. Wait, this is crazy, guys. They could use this in like prisons or something. I don't even know. Okay, wait, hold on, hold on. I gotta put these guys up. Guys, it tastes like, it tastes like a watermelon. Oh my God. It literally tastes like a watermelon or something. I wanna eat the whole thing. It's so good. Okay, guys. I'm definitely, dude, this is the greatest thing I've ever had. I'm going to buy like a hundred of these. If you don't like to eat medicine or if you don't like to lick the booty, Nature Wild is your perfect day. Wow, I just lost my sponsorship. But any girls out there, guess what? I couldn't taste or smell because of COVID. 
And now I can't double taste because of nature's wild berries. Ooh, if you know what I mean. <laughs> All right, next thing that's up is the raw onion. Oh my gosh. I'm probably going to puke after eating all these. Oh shoot. Oh shoot. Okay, here comes the onion. There's no way. There's no way the onion is going to taste good. My sister is doing a cruel ploy on me. Okay, there's no way. There is no way. Here comes the onion bite. One bite, everybody knows the rules. Oh, I don't want to do this. This is so weird. Okay. The onion. Okay. It's a... Oh, my God. They said onion ma- onions make you cry, but I didn't know it was because you try to eat them while they're having nice berries in your mouth and thinking that they'll be sweet, but they don't end up being sweet. Okay, listen. Onion still tastes like, yes. Onion tastes like, hmm, still onion. It is a little bit more sweet though, so. If you ever need to eat raw onions, you don't want to, this will at least make it feel like a Band-Aid on a bullet wound shot, okay? Okay, next up. We got pickle juice, okay? Now, wait, does the berry go, does the berry stay or like after you eat one thing, it negates? Can someone tell me this? Because if I just about to eat, because the onion, I don't know. I feel like I lost it all after the tomato. Let me try the tomato. Uh, the tomato will be the, the control test. Science. Okay, tomato's still good. Okay, pickle juice. I have faith. I have faith in the wild berry, okay? I have faith. I love you. I'm just going to drink the whole thing, okay? I'm going to trust, and I'm going to gargle the pickle juice, okay? That's how much I trust nature's wild berry. Please sponsor me for the love of God. (laughs) Well, they already kind of are. They already sponsored this episode, but please sponsor my whole show for the love of God, okay? I know, pickle juice is good, but would you drink a whole thing of this? I'm going to try it. Ah, oh, we are just in the wee little pickle garden and about to zip some pickle juice. Hee hee hee. Okay, here we go. One for the gulp. Wow. Oh my gosh. Oh my god! It was so good! I can't believe nature's wild berries did it! <laughs> but god, wow! Dude, the pickle juice was acting. You guys see me swishing around? Yeah! It was so gross, but it tasted so good! Oh my gosh, this is the greatest thing I've ever had! Nature's wild berry! Buy them right now! They will sponsor my show one day! <laughs> guys! Okay. You guys. Honestly, it was really good. Okay, there's so much stuff. Something I want to try. Okay, we got buffalo hot sauce. (laughs) This is extreme. It's called buffalo's anus. Okay, buffalo anal gland. Okay, it came straight out of the buffalo. Oh, the pickle juice? The pickle juice tasted like... It tasted like pickles, but it was like... Imagine the sweetest... Like if a pickle was a fruit. So it was really good. Okay, I'm going to try the buffalo sauce. I don't even have any water to wash it down. Oh, wait. I have my coconut water. Ha <laughs> ha. They're not uh, har- 
Harmless harvest. <laughs> Guys, I'm selling out. Please give me money. I'm dying in here. I haven't had a single square meal. I'm eating roaches. My dog was in here with me because he had COVID and he didn't make it because I was hungry. Coconut water still. Oh my gosh. The coconut water tastes better. I love coconut water. Oh my goodness. It's like. It's like. It's like doing illegal things. I can't say what they are because I've never done it before. It even looks like an edible bag, you guys. I've never done drugs, but it kind of looks like what you would get like an edible thing in. I know a guy who works at a dispensary and he has these all the time. But, like, you don't need marijuana to make things taste good. You just need nature, wild berry, available right now. <laughs> okay, but guys, the coconut water tastes a lot better. Okay, we're going to try the buffalo sauce. I hope this isn't going too long. Are you guys enjoying this or should I get to, I, I'm going to get to the guests, but I have about thought, eight, eight more things. Should I keep going or should this be the last one? Let me know. Okay. <coughs> oh no. Oh no. Where's my mask? I'm coughing. I got to save the viewers. <coughs> okay. Okay. You guys. Okay, I'm going to keep going. Okay, I've heard you loud and clear. And then I'm bringing Zach on. Okay, I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to do, I'm going to do, uh, wait, I'm going to give you guys the choice. I'm going to do, I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to do one more after the buffalo sauce. Do you guys want to see apple cider vinegar, sour patch kid, lemon juice, soy sauce, or or sour cream? So apple cider vinegar, lemon juice, soy sauce, or sour cream. That will be the last last one. What do you guys say? I'll leave, I'll leave it up to the jury. Okay, here comes buffalo sauce. Buffalo anus. Okay, lemon juice, I think. Okay, I think I'm going to do lemon juice, you guys. Here we go, buffalo sauce. It's so scary. I'm just going to drink the whole thing because I ain't no bitch. I'll drink it like a dog. Okay, here we go. Sorry, guys. I have the road, okay? I can be crazy if I want. Leave Brittany alone. <laughs> okay, here we go. No way. Oh my gosh. Okay. <coughs> okay. <coughs> okay, that's not. <coughs> okay. Okay, li listen. Nature's wild berry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But wow, it is sweet. Like it still like burns. So imagine if a candy freaking burned your throat, but it was sweet. It's like, it's like sucking off the devil or something. <laughs> that's what I imagine. Wow, you guys, that's actually crazy. It's like sweet. It's sweet. The hot sauce is sweet. Okay. Wow. Okay. No, my sister put, look, she's, she's evil. She put Miracle Whip on the plate. Okay? I hate Miracle Whip. I won't even do it for the joke. Unless I get donated, unless I do something, I don't know. But I, I, I love nature's wild. I'm just kidding. Okay. We're going to try the lemon juice and then we're going to get the guest on. Because this bit is getting old. Hold on. I need some coconut water. I love you guys. <coughs> oh, no. I need my mask. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, sorry. I don't want to infect you guys. Here comes the lemon juice. I'm not going to eat the Miracle Whip. I'd rather die. Oh, look, I look cool. Hey, how's it going? Okay, lemon juice, and then I'm, get, and then I'm bringing Zach Dombrowski on. Oh, my gosh. Is this actual lemon juice? Like, straight lemon juice? Holy cow. Lemon juice. Nature's wild berry. Guys. This lemon juice tastes like the best lemonade I've ever had. It's lemonade. Yeah, it is. Well, that's a great one to end on. Oh, my goodness. That's so good. Wow. Thank you. Thank you to Nature's Wild Berry for sending me this. You guys are so nice. You are today's sponsor. You can be my long-term sponsor. Make sure you guys, after the show, spam these mofos. Just kidding. They're not mofos. They're very nice people. Maybe they can sponsor the show. Who knows what kind of possibilities will come. Wow. That was amazing. That was amazing. So, I thought I wasn't going to be able to taste from those. So, I have still don't know what it's like not to be able to taste or smell. I pro- Thanks, COVID. Now I can never eat the boot. I mean, okay, here we go. From now, we are bringing on today's guest. He is a... Masters in sports psychology, a former All-American football player, a stand-up comedian, a a bakery chef, a barista aficionado, and he, most of all, is a dear friend and life mentor. I'm going to put on the mask as we bring in our special guest, Zachary Dombrowski! Put your mask on. This is the best I can give you, dog. They didn't give you one of these when you tested positive? No, I didn't go to the high-tech place. You guys went to the fucking bougie place, though. Like, I heard my man's uh, keeper tested positive, like, once, and then tested negative. Dude, I... I don't know. Like, he, so I've heard people that went to this place, tested negative, and they told them to come back and then had to retest and they were positive. Yeah. Well, either way, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's our first, it's our country's first go at the whole pandemic thing, so I'll cut them some slack. We're figuring it out. Dude, did you see me eat those berries? I did. Uh, so, funny thing was when I was going through school, we had done something like that for one of my psychology classes. Really? And it was more of just like saying, we were looking at perception. So how the way that we taste things is just a way of perceiving the world in a different way. Mm. And that's why it's been my biggest fear since having COVID that I'm blessed that I haven't lost my taste or smell because I think I would legitimately freak out. (laughs) It's one of the scariest things. Like I think about it when I'm driving, it's like, how do I know... So you haven't had those symptoms? No, I'm good. Because if you guys didn't know, Zach and I tested positive for coronavirus on the same exact day. Yeah, New Year's Eve. <laughs> New Year's Eve. We almost made it, baby. We almost God. made it. I saw a post that was like, like, uh, raise your hand if you made it through 2020 without a pregnancy test or uh, a positive COVID test. And I was like, damn. Damn. 
We were close. I, no, I was 0 for 2. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, well, that way, actually, isn't that um, – it's crazy that you said that about smell or taste because well, or taste in, specifically because isn't that how babies, like, get to know the world at first? Not through their eyes, but they, like, put things in their mouth to become aware of their surroundings? Well, I think that's, like, how a lot of things do it. Like, especially evolutionarily speaking – the way that we can tell if something's bad is by taste or smell. Like, if we just ate things that tasted like shit, uh, we'd die. Luckily, yeah. our body's able to throw it up. But for the most part, before you try anything, you're going to smell it or you're going to taste it. If it tastes like shit, you're like, eh, I probably don't want to eat that. True. So, so with if, having COVID, if the cavemen had this, they'd be fucked. <laughs> little bit. They would be eating a lot of shitty stuff. That's crazy. Do you, what, would you get over your symptoms pretty fast? I only had a fever for one day. Yeah, I had a fever for like three days. Yesterday it subsided. Today I feel fine. Just stuffy nose. Nice. Oh, people are noticing the Capri Sun hat. The shout out to oh. the old Cave Daddy. Yeah, no, this is my favorite hat. Everybody likes this hat. Dude, I mean, thanks, man. It's the brand that we made. Me and Caper. <coughs> Everywhere I go, they're like, is that a real Capri Suns hat? I'm like, well, let me tell you. Okay. <laughs> it's not Capri Suns, the pouch. I know. We actually, had a, we, we actually are thinking we had to change the logo direction off that one spinoff because we don't want to get any, like, legal trouble for patents or anything. Maybe a cease and desist, but we won't talk about it. <laughs> so where are you right now? Where's your base camp? Uh, at my parents. Hmm. Uh, they just got over having COVID. So, is that so? They got COVID the week of Christmas. So that's why I wasn't I wasn't able to spend time with them on Christmas. So we didn't have we had Christmas this morning. Mm. Uh, they left. Wow, they went, that's crazy. Yeah, they went to uh, Arizona because they have property out there, and they uh, they spent their time out there, and then I got it. So I had to leave because I didn't want to get uh, have my roommates get it. Yeah. So my parents were like, you might as well come here and enjoy the uh, the time with us since we just got over it. So For sure. That's where I'm at. Dude, that's crazy. I don't know how deep it's going to go into 2021, but I miss doing stand-up with you, bro. Yeah, I think about it often. Really? Like, I mean, it was – out of all the years that I've known you and like, especially through the training with football and the different activities we've done, I think stand up for you and I was something that was like, that was ours. And yeah. again, I only did it cause you did it. And yeah, I wanted to ask you about you. that. Yeah. Like you did it out of solidarity for solidarity for me, but which is something that you always do for like with people and you always like take interest in what they do and like fully immerse yourself into someone else's world, which is like one of the best qualities I think that you have and why so many people like to be around you. But um, did you find like, but then I feel like you started to enjoy doing stand up, like hence that as well. Like when did you like, first of all, what made you want to like also go on stage when you saw me do it? Because like so many people were like, Oh yeah, I'll come and support you. But, like I would never do that. But you're like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to try it. So, like, what was it like to, like, first get up there? And then also, like, what made you want to, like, keep doing it? Because obviously you wanted to, like, be there, support me, and help me. But then you also kind of found, like, a love for it. 
I said, if this motherfucker could do it, I could do it. <laughs> no, it was, it was well, mainly... I feel, like it, I'm just, I, I feel like I'm crazier than you. You're more like a sane person, but... Well, it was mainly like a... I, I think I just wanted to try it out. The main, Actually, the main reason I did it was out of solidarity with you, but the one thing that one of the mentors that I had through grad school had told me because we had to do so many presentations with different, like the police department, the fire department, um, different sports teams. And I saw from a lot of the, my classmates, they just had a fear of public speaking. They just, they couldn't get up there and talk about things that they knew and felt comfortable with and things yeah. that they researched, but they couldn't say it in front of people. For sure. And before, and you, so, before you continue that, can you kind of talk about your, um, what, what you're referring to, like with your schooling and your credentials and stuff, just so people know? Oh, so... Going through grad school with sports psychology, um, I don't know, my mentor. So a lot of the, we work with um, the D Division One program in Riverside at Cal Baptist. So a lot of the teams I would work with, I were the wrestling team, the water polo team. Um, we worked with the Riverside Fire Department. We worked with the police department, like Explorers program. And so one of the th areas that I would research was flow or like getting into the zone. And I think in that, if I'm presenting on something, I should be confident in the thing that I'm presenting on. Mm. So through that, it took, it was a dance for me going through grad school and figuring out what that presentation style would be. And what my mentor had said was, he said, get used to the silence and learn how to command that silence. And he said, he suggested one of the things that people should do is stand up. Really? And I thought of it as a joke at the time, no pun intended. <laughs> but when you had came back and you had made the, the mention of getting up, I was like, let's see. And it was mainly a source of being able to get up on stage, present an idea in a, like, in a comedic matter, manner, and how can I take the ideas that I'm researching and studying and present that in a similar way mm. that's also knowledgeable? So I kind of try to throw that in an act sometimes, but not make it too, like, too research or knowledge-based. Yeah, I'll make it more free flow. But stand-up is a way just to have it, like, no holds bar and just, like, <laughs> I'm going to talk about whatever. yeah. And so I've gotten in trouble doing presentations because I've taken that same approach where I'm just like, fuck it. I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah. And I've gotten reprimanded hard for it Damn. because they're like, you can't say that on, you can't say that in a professional setting. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's polar opposite between like a professional presentation and doing stand up was like the, like the anti professionalism, which is, I mean, that's what stand up is, I guess. Yeah. Where do you think the fear of, like uh public speaking stems from is it you think it's biological like what how would that affect uh a human being negatively like in our dna to like not want to do like why are so many people afraid? i've never been really scared of public speaking of course i feel like everybody has some kind of like pit in their stomach when they have to <clears throat> go up and like in front of a bunch of people maybe some people more than others but there are some people with like legitimate fears of 
talking in front of crowds and like doing public speaking. I think it's, so, like, it's like the top three fears in the world is yeah, but like, like the top three phobias. Like, you know about psychology and everything, so <laughs> I'm saying that I know like <laughs> about that because I don't have a problem with it either. Well, I do. Being... I I have issues with it. Like I remember going up on stage and like my leg shaking uncontrollably. I start to sweat, but I think where it stems from, and this is me just spitballing, is you're in a super vulnerable state. If if you're in the city or whatever, you could be around thousands of people and walking and just minding your own business and being your own little bubble. Yeah. But when you're on that stage and the spotlight's on you, it's almost like being naked in a crowd because you have nothing there to protect you other than just your words or your ideas that you're really posting out there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So in that, I think people get very closed off because they're afraid of the ridicule what people are thinking and they're not able to talk people with people in real time to know what they're thinking about whatever it is that they're saying. So now they're thinking about that in the back of their head yeah. and it just kind of steamrolls from there. It's really like you versus you. It's kind of, it's very, it's like similar to wrestling. You you can't look around anyone on your side. You just got to go out there and attack it yourself. And that's, I mean, I, and I think when we've talked about it off stage before where it's like, and that's how I kind of, like, take the approach. I don't say I'm a stand-up comedian. I just like doing the open mics. But in doing – in being on stage and just letting go and yeah. just saying, like, I'm just going to – I'm going to – I'm not talking to anybody. I don't want to feel like I'm talking to a particular person, but rather I'm putting on a performance on the stage that people can relate to in some type of way. And so through that, I'm able to get through with my own, like, phobia or anxiety because I'm not saying I'm doing this for a person. I'm person. just doing this, like you said, for myself. Fuck all with everybody else that what they think because I'll develop my audience through my own act. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. And then, like, how does that relate to the flow state? Because you even mentioned it, but we talked about it a lot before. I want you to get more in depth about that. Uh, so – and and is everybody's flow state different, or is it like a nirvana you achieve through doing something, like clicking on all cylinders and whatever you do? Like, I've always been kind of curious about, like, where, like, is it a spectrum for people, like, depending on what you're doing or the kind of person you are, or, like, how does it, how does it work in that sense? So, for anybody that is interested in it, I would steer them in the direction of two places. Mihai Shinsek Mihai. Uh, who is the positive psychology professor that had coined the term flow state. Uh, he has oh, a book a called... Name. <laughs> yeah, he's Hungarian. Mihai oh. Shinsek Mihai. Because like he's a positive psychology professor. That's how I remember it. Oh. Um, and then Stephen Kotler, who just is coming out with this new book this, this month, and uh, I think next week. And it's called The Art of Impossible. But those two guys are all flow. And they set out certain characteristics at which people will achieve flow. Um, Stephen Collar looks more at the neuropsychology side of it in what areas of the brain are being activated, what chemicals are being activated. So to your question, yes, it is a spectrum. Um, different people will experience different flow states. But they won't recognize that they're in a flow state. They just think that it's mystical. As an athlete, it's different because we felt ourselves when we're here and we're clicking and we're ready to go. Yeah. But 
when for somebody that's not trained in that and they just have a super good game and they're like, I don't know what I was doing. I was just reacting. But for somebody that's trained and is able to do that every day, day in, day out at practice, Kobe, for example, would go in, he would take thousands of shots prior to the game even starting. And it wasn't like he would enter into the third or fourth quarter and f enter into this zone miraculously. He knew at a certain at a certain point in time he could take the game over whenever he wanted because he spent every day in the gym, hours on hours on hours on hours shooting shots. So similarly with stand-up, I'm not comparing our stand-up skills to Kobe's basketball skills, <laughs> but similar to somebody that's working on a joke and why I think such so many great comics will go to open mics or go do random small s spots that don't have a ton of people and won't be doing theaters all the time so that they can work their shit out is because they have to understand their timing. They have to understand their own feelings of the joke and feel how the crowd's responding to it so that they can get in that pocket, yeah. uh, which is another term for flow, I guess, for comedians is when they're in that pocket and they can just throw joke after joke after joke and just feel just in the zone, per se. So would you say, like, the ingredients for a flow state would be, like, like repetition, practice, and confidence? Uh, so there's nine characteristics. I oh, wow. Don't, I don't know all of them off the top of my head, but I would say the most important ones are, like, clear goals, meaning you have something played out. You know exactly what it is you want to do at that moment. So for stand-up, if you want to have a killer set, You'll have your set list or your jokes that you have planned out. You know exactly how they want to go. Uh, feedback, immediate feedback is another one. So if a joke doesn't land and you know it doesn't land, that's immediate feedback to say, okay, let's go crowd work or how can I adjust on the fly? And all these things kind of go – like it doesn't mean that you're performing – I would say from a comedy standpoint – just because your joke doesn't hit doesn't mean you're not performing well, right? So if I'm not getting a ton of laughs, how can I readjust my own act so that I can get laughs for the next joke? Or what, how can I reel the crowd back in? Gotcha. So immediately, and does that apply across the board for like people in different kind of professions? Yeah. So I just I'm only using it for stand up right here because it yeah. does. But if it was like cooking, for example. Uh, you know the dish that you want to cook. So if I'm cooking lasagna, I know how the lasagna should look. I have the recipe, but the recipe can only go so far. So for the immediate feedback standpoint, if I'm seasoning as I go, I'm tasting as I go, and that tasting is an immediate feedback to know if I need to season more or season less. And all these characteristics that go along the way um, keep us in that moment of the activity that we're doing. So it gives, it keeps us completely immersed because we're kind of checking in with ourselves yeah. along the way. Gotcha. Um, wow. Yeah. That's crazy because like, if you can figure out a harness that at all times, you could be like a Kobe type mentality, like whatever you're doing. Cause I definitely know it's like in football, like when, when like you said, when everything kind of clicks in certain moments or when I'm on stage having a good set, I can just like feel a rush of like energy and it's like, it's like, it's like, it's, it's like breathing to me, like what I'm doing at that current thing. And 
I feel like well, that's and, like, another... I've never been able yeah I've never been able to like put that into words like what that is but it's interesting that there's a whole science behind that yeah and that's like and that's the cool part because and I think not I don't think I know why I got back into or why I got into sports psychology was one of these aspects um but the point that you made with it's like breathing is another characteristic of flow and the automaticity or automatic behavior of just muscle memory. So again, for shooting the basketball, it doesn't matter if a hand's in your face, if you're getting bumped over, you've shot in that shot so many times, you know it's going to go in. Same thing with a joke. You've said this joke so many times, like a closer. Like, you know your closer's going to hit. You know it's going to go. You don't want to open with your closer, but you know yeah. you got this in your back pocket that it's going to get a laugh. So if you have to throw that out at any time, you know that it's going to be there, but you won't tell yourself that. It will just kind of come. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's that just that automatic behavior where you're almost it's out-of-body experience and you're just a vessel for whatever this, this muse, per se, yeah. is, is taking over. That's why yeah. everybody, like, from a standpoint of, like, harnessing it, uh, everybody thinks it's this mystical thing that's going on, but what Stephen Kotler is able to do is break down what the brain is doing and what reactions are happening, the dopamine, the serotonin, the noepinephrine, okay. these different chemical reactions that are going on in the brain at which, are, as to say why we're feeling what we're feeling. So that's how moments. it's happening on a biological level. Yeah. So like what like and then what if you like broaden the scope more? Because now I'm thinking about it like certain times when I'm like praying or worshiping or something, I can feel similar feeling. Uh like do you think that the flow state could be communicated biologically through like God or like wh like where like where's like the next scope that it comes from? Well, I think this is something you I can't think about this so, too, right? Yeah. Like that's why I think of the Holy Spirit. Right. When somebody says like the Holy Spirit has guided me or like it wasn't if somebody thanks God after a great performance and they're like, I just God bless me with this ability. Like, I do think that there is some type of spiritual aspect that goes on. I mean, we could look at it from a straight biological standpoint and say the muscle memory was there, the repetition, the hard work uh, from a performance athletically. I want to get to the the spiritual aspect from praying and also one of the biggest things I saw was from worship. When you watch people that are in worship and their hands are in the air and they're just completely vested in speaking with God in that moment, you could see it. And for me, I felt uncomfortable at times in doing the hand thing and really <laughs> saying the words and like, dancing off beat with everybody like <laughs> i just i couldn't get into it because i just yeah. i felt too self-conscious um but i was able to observe people that would completely lose themselves in worship and be completely invested in that moment and in that that is a it's a group flow state right because everybody's there for the same purpose and that's to worship god there's no self-consciousness because they don't care what people are thinking around them because they're speaking with God in that moment. Um, 
they're letting their body kind of just do what the body does and if that's hands in the air if that's shaking if it's whatever yeah. they don't care because it's they're, they're not thinking about it consciously they're literally just giving themselves up to the moment yeah that's and so point. yeah from a spiritual aspect that's one of the things that Stephen Kotler mentions in his book uh something fire fudge something fire but uh he talks about it with Jamie Wheel in people that go to Burning Man. And they'll have this group flow where, granted, they're on a bunch of mind-altering drugs. But yeah. they're doing this activity together in one solid unit or group. And that's where you get this group flow sensation. I think Kiefer, Kiefer said Goblet of Fire. <laughs> Is that a Harry Potter book? Yeah. <laughs> you're a wizard expelliarmus no that's interesting well something that just clicked for me too is like what you were saying when people like say thank you god like after athletic performance it could be because they so like like obviously like god won't just like let you like like you can't just sit around and just be lazy and do nothing and then just like get results in like something or athletic things but like maybe the fact that like you putting in the work and you doing the repetition repetition and doing practice that that le lets you uh that lets you obtain the flow state so like you have to do your part and god gives you the ability to unlock those things through hard work through repetition through dedication and discipline so it's like a it's like a combination of the two to like create the flow state did i get super dark uh, There's the light. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to make any racial, any uh, discriminations on the show. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I just turned the brightness down on my phone. Um, oh, okay. Yes. So in that, um, it's same thing with practice and repetition. Similar as God won't present you with things that you aren't ready for. So you can't expect to go out onto the court or the field or whatever it is and just expect to perform at your top level as a rookie. That's going to take year again, same as a chef. If I'm in, again, I like to cook. I like to, I've been working in kitchens. I've done, uh, I've worked at the, um, at the coffee shop. And if I want to work on a recipe, I'm not going to just go in and expect to do everything one go. Because there's a system at which I need to know when the oven's on. I need to know what the oven's preheated at. Do I have enough time to prep my vegetables prior to putting them in the oven? And at the same time, I have to know if the sauce is going. And then what's the meat cooked at? Is it done? Is it ready? The onions are caramelizing on the stove. All this stuff's happening at one time. And in order to make a great dish... But if I'm a rookie chef that's going in and saying, I want to cook Chef Ramsey's uh, fucking beef wellington and not really have, <laughs> the have sauce. and not have the knowledge of how it's going to go down and just expect to do it, I'm going to get a shit product. So, and through that, people may get discouraged. So yeah. for an athlete that is thanking God for the gifts that they received, it's also the hard work that they had put in. God just presented them with the opportunity for their talents to show out. Mm. And they just took advantage of the opportunity unknowingly. 
it was just something that they do every day. They just happened to step on the field at that time, perform at an exceptional level, and was able to do super, super well. But that came through practice, repetition, and failing in mistakes. Damn. That's so, again, that's how there's, – there's stages to the flow state, and one of yeah. them is the struggle stage. Or just scratching the surface. Yeah. Well, the struggle stage is, is that area where you got to just grind. Like, yeah. there's no better way to say it, but you're going to fail. You're going to fall on your plate face. You're going to be uncomfortable. But there's that point at which it all melts away, and you're like, oh, I get it. Like, this is what it is. And whatever that is, it's like you can kind of just move forward from there. For sure. So, wait, you talked about baking. Yeah. Does baking a delicious dish get you the cake? If you know what I mean. <laughs> I think I'm it could. a great attribute to pull ladies that people sleep on. Yeah. F cooking. Go <laughs> wait, hold on. Did you see what this guy said? Monkey underscore farter. Yeah. I am 12, and I don't get a single bit of this. <laughs> my guy, if you start monkey farter, my guy. <laughs> it's just the name that the username says it all. I don't know. What, you're going big places in life with that name, though, my guy. Yeah, can I buy your Instagram handle, please? For real. Monkey <laughs> farter. He oh says, my at God. least he's honest. He That's says, I'm, I'm on it. Uh, he says, I'm 12, and I don't understand any of this. Said, I don't think he's good at 12 he just, years old. He, like, he didn't say, like, boo, like, you guys suck. Just, guys, you can be honest here. I don't understand the damn thing you're talking about. <laughs> okay, so baking, baked goods does get you booty. It could. I. It depends, right? So, if I'm, I, I'm not. Like I what? Oh, if he's good or not. Like, does a pumpernickel bread get you that ass? <laughs> no, I think if you can cook a good chicken or a, a, a chicken parm or like a pea risotto, okay. you'll have a better chance because you got dinner. If you just bake something, it's like, oh, here, here's my box of cookies. Dude, I'll oh, take you. But if you're very good, if you're a good cook, now you got something. So if you're trying to seal the deal on a mamacita, What's the go-to? What's the go-to di dish? Well, that that's like it's like asking that's like going to a comedian and saying, "What? Tell me a joke." Okay. Like, what's your best joke? You know what I'm saying? Like, I gotta play to the one. I okay, gotta have that's fair. That's fair. Dish. That's fair. Two, my best dish may not be her best dish. Okay. And that's three, fair. that's not guaranteeing I'm getting no punani. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, she might have a nut allergy. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, I want to say this about you, but what's your what's your favorite joke of mine? Stand up that you've heard. I'm trying. To, I've heard it so many times, and I think about them all the time in the car. I know we've I, seen each other. That's the weird thing about doing open mics with people is you see their set so much. But you know, you know, it's a good joke if you can laugh every time they tell them. Because the one Zach has this bit about. Wait, I don't know if I can say it. Should I? Should we say each other's bits? Why not? This is, you know. Yeah, well, because we are. Yeah. yeah, you can say it's it. It's not like it's gonna be on some special thing. Yeah. Yeah. No way again, unless anybody steals my shit. Then. Yeah. Don't. No joke stealing. Zach has this bit where. Oh shoot! I just spilled lemon juice everywhere. Okay. I can. I can look it up and it'll taste great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Probably um, not now. Zach has. Oh my God! Bro, you okay, fucking hush. I'm a mess. I think I think so, your 
ahead. The best, I, the one that makes me laugh every time I think is the most clever is the LinkedIn one. Because uh, I think that one's pretty solid. But dude, the one that I think you do the best is the smear the queer one. <laughs> when I'm on, I'm on with that one, I think. That's one of my favorite ones. I like my favorite one for sure is the one where you talk about when you dressed up as a slave. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, that, one, that one comes from truth. And that's why I think what, like, when we talked about before was yeah. talking about shit that you know. True. And me dressing up as a slave one year for Halloween is something <laughs> that I know. <laughs> can, you tell, can you tell the story, please? I don't want to tell the story. <laughs> Oh my okay, god. Right, it's a long story. Okay, well just give the gist. So one year for Halloween, I think I was like a junior, sophomore junior in high school. I uh went downstairs and I said, Hey Ma, do we have wait, any wait, like... wait, wait, wait. Hi you were in high school? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were like little. No, 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 no. Yeah, I was able to drive. No, if I, it would make the joke that much better. Oh, I thought you were but younger, I was, but that, I mean, it makes it more absurd if you're older. Well, at the time, I think this was still okay. <laughs> like, people weren't getting mad at blackface at the time. They were fine with it still. <laughs> so I said, and again, being half black, being biracial, there's some oh. things that you can still get away with. That's it's something that you're just getting in touch with your roots with. Yeah. And that was that happened to be, I think, my junior year in high school. Wow. I did not know that. So I knew you when this happened. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think no, I maybe. Wow, I think, I'm so glad I got context for this. Yeah, I think I was for sure thought I mentioned it in the joke that I was like I think it was like 2008, maybe. Wow. 2007, 2008. I, I honestly did not know that. And I'm very, I'm, I, it makes it, it makes the joke even better. No, I think it'd be better if I was like 10. <laughs> oh no, like, like, like not, yeah, like eight or nine or 10. Yeah. Like, you know, like the, the wax, the wax museum that you had to do in fifth grade. And you had to dress up as somebody to go. And I dressed up as like Kunta Kente. <laughs> Because <laughs> that's essentially were you actually, what it were you is. No. Oh, you know who I was? It would not be okay. Oh. I was Evan Smith. Did you go with blackface talk? Please tell me. You no, I didn't go with blackface, but I put in a fake earring and held a football. I was like, I was like the vanilla no, ice like, Evan Smith. If you went in with your blackface. I lose it. <laughs> well, you've seen the you've seen the picture of me as Mr. Game and Watch for Halloween, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Third grade, I dressed up as Mr. Game and Watch. Yeah, you put yourself in all black. <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah that dude, takes you to the surface, dog. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know if like a if like a kid version of yourself is doing blackface is that bad? No, I think it'd be. A bad look for the parents. 
Oh yeah, you're right. Better, better burn that book. Now, in this, 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 like, this is one of our family picture books. Like, they're proud of it. This day and age, it can't surface, but if there's context for what it is. But when I looked at that picture, I had no idea you were Mr. Cape and Watch. I had no idea what you were. I had a at. giant. <laughs> it was all bad. You look like the poster boy for Jim Crow laws, dog. There was a straight minstrel show in there. Oh, <laughs> and it has nothing to do. I don't want her to be upset with me. My mom's in there now saying she's going crazy. Yeah, she's I don't want her to be mad. Oh, that's so funny. Sorry. Okay, guys. I was dressed up as Mr. Game and Watch for Halloween, basically repping the black face and the big nose, and I was frying a pan of bacon. You know, Mr. Game and Watch is just a racist ass character. <laughs> A black person with all the stereotypes, like, I was just a living embodiment of a stereotype created by some Japanese video game maker. That was it. it was, that was all he was. What do you no. think about black, what do you think about, um, what do you think about, uh, well, I think blackface definitely universally is accepted as being wrong. What about, like, uh, cultural appropriation? Dog, I'm not the one to ask these questions. <laughs> okay, next question. Because I don't care. Like, yeah. it's not, that's, do what you do. Like, yeah. if somebody was like, I would say, hey, that's maybe not the best look. But, what the fuck? like, if you can give me context and you can pull it off and it's funny, yeah, I might be okay with it. Gotcha. It depends. What's the craziest conspiracy you believe in? Uh, that's another one, dog. I don't know if you go down that one. I went down a few rabbit holes in my life. What's the biggest rabbit hole you've ever gone down? 9-11. 9-11? Inside job is what you're saying? Yeah. That was one of them. Like, I don't know if I believe them. But yeah. at the time... I never know if I believe them or watched... not, but I always look at the evidence. Didn't we watch, like, Zeitgeist? Yeah, you showed me that when I was like in elementary school. Yeah, I was, was like, cool. I was like in fifth grade, like George Bush is a fucking bastard. <laughs> yeah, bad moves. Because that was like my freshman or sophomore year of college, so I was like, Here, yeah. Here's the thing about having older, older. Here's the thing about having older brothers who are, you know, learning about conspiracy theories and not just the government. They just brainwash the little kids in the household. So I'll be growing up not believing a single thing I've heard. Well. I remember going to middle school being like, guys, guess what? You know Sandy Hook didn't happen? Everybody's like, oh! Not a thing to say, dog. I'm walking <laughs> in Canada, like, I'm walking in Canada, like, middle, like, Alex Jones. Let's hear it. Let's Dude, that's why I try to avoid at most times. It's like, I don't want to sound like the crazy guy. So whenever somebody asks me, like, hey, yo, what conspiracy do you believe in? I'm like, dog. They're fun to rant How much time them. you got, bro? <laughs> But I had a I had a coworker who was like deep in the conspiracy world, and so we would sit there and we talk back and forth. I had a few coworkers that were in the conspiracy world. Really? And you just gotta walk away because, like, I realized I was listening to podcasts that were conspiracy podcasts, and then your brother or somebody would ask me like, "Hey, what's going on in the world?" I'd be like, "Well, <laughs> if I believed in what was going on, this is what this was. This is what would be going on." Yeah. <laughs> so the way I look at experiences is 
Like we're watching okay. a game show and we're just Game of Thrones and the conspiracies are the Lannisters and everybody doing what they do. Fair play. Try to stay away from that. That's funny. Dude, I think 2021 is going to be a, a big year for, for UFC. Are you excited about it? Yeah. Uh, what, what are you most excited for? Well, there's not – I guess with what has come out thus far, I was really excited for Shamayev Edwards. And then I think Chimaev – well, I think Chimaev is doing the right thing. Uh, Did he get hurt or what happened? Not a, I just – he got – he dropped for undisclosed reasons, which COVID? if I'm speculating, I no, I think that he's pulling out of the fight because he wants a better deal. He's still uh, not – he's not a big pull. He's not – super proven he's had good fights like he's had the four fights within the year and won them all but against edwards like that's a tough tough go so for yeah. him to to take that like on the on the dot i don't think that he's ready still i, I feel like he's ready. i feel like he's way bigger than leon yeah but leon's still he's undefeated good, still cosmo is huge bro but that was a fight that I was super excited about this month. I'm excited. I'm really to see excited for uh, for Izzy Blahovich. That's a good one, dude. I do not know what's gonna happen because that Polish power. Oh, you're a Polish guy too, but it, like Izzy, dude, he just seems unbeatable. Yeah, I think Izzy still takes that. Really, I like Jan, but like if there were anybody else, I'd want Jan. But dude, I want to see Izzy win, and I want to see him fight John Jones. I don't know if that would happen though. I think that's what's gonna happen if, if they. I would like to wins. see it happen. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see. I am excited for. Um, I'm excited to see what Michael Chandler does against Dan Hooker. Really? Can can somebody can you explain to me the Michael Chandler hype? Because I mean, I don't I don't care for like Bellator or anything, but like he seems just like some rant. Like I looked at his record, like nothing special. Like who cares about Michael Chandler? Or am I wrong? It, am I sleeping? It's a Ben Askren like. It's a Ben Askren grab. Where you have a good fighter, good champ, good wrestler, but has yet to prove himself against great fighters. But again, Bellator's no slouch. Like I think to go through a tournament and to mop the floor with people and to be a champ at that, it's like you got some credibility, so you can't wipe Michael yeah. Chandler off like off. True. But Bellator I, 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 feel, I feel like Bellator compared to the UFC is a really big gap. Yeah, but then you got one championship, which I think is also it's up like one championship has got some fighters and guys yeah. that the only person to really succeed leaving UFC. I don't want to say the only person, but mighty mouse who left UFC to go to one championship is dominating over there. But everybody else that has left the UFC to go to one has gotten their clocks wrong. Yeah. Hard. Sure. So I don't know. It's an interesting play, but ideally I'd like to see, uh, Michael Chandler win, beat Dan Hooker, and then maybe put him against Islam. That'd be tight. Who do you think wins, Connor and Dustin? Connor. Hmm. Easy. I'm not sure, honestly. I never know Connor. It's Connor's so good from just like if you watch any of his fights, like the way that he carries himself. I'm not a huge fan of him 
I didn't like the way that his antics were, but at his story and his legacy, I think is almost top notch because he goes out, he does what he says he's going to do, does it in the fashion that he says he's going to do it, and then walks away. And he's a fucking huge draw. Like that, if there was fans in that, in the, for the fight, and it wasn't at Fight Island, dog. Like, that's one thing I do miss about the UFC, though. As dope as it is to hear people not be there and to hear everything going on in the in the ring, the roar of crowds is one of the dopest things in all sports. Yeah, that's true. Dude, the like, UFC live was good, but honestly, like, I, I want the UFC to have fans again because of how amazing it was live because I want to go again. But it's I think it's more entertaining on TV when there's no fans, honestly. <laughs> I I do too, but I just I okay. I think it's more entertaining live with no fans, but the highlights of those wins, like to hear like like the 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 behind the scenes the UFC embedded that they'll do, and you'll hear the crowds or like when they're in the ring yeah. and they're doing the interviews, and you hear the crowd just like the amount of people like that stuff gives me so many chills. Like I remember watching a. Uh, Three four years ago, the Vikings in the playoffs when they had that that touchdown pass. I think it was the Stephon Diggs. Yeah, and he does a little tiptoe on the side and he scores in the last seconds. Just the roar of people in that in that one room in that one space. It's was so loud and you can hear it off the phone. Like it was just nuts. And I remember getting these goosebumps. But the dopest part about that is like all those people experiencing the one thing or that one moment at the same time. Like when we went to go see Usman and uh Giant Fluffy. Yeah, that's all it is. Like you're immersed and that's essentially like if you're breaking Wait, entertainment down, does, does entertainment trigger the flow state? If if I was gonna break flow state down in the simplest of terms, it's being immersed into a moment. So whatever puts you into that moment you'll experience some type of bliss or euphoria. Gotcha. And I think for 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 us at the Usman fight, Usman Covington, and I didn't we didn't we weren't invested in who was gonna win, whether it was Usman or Covington. But the fact that it was such a great fight and that it ended with a knockout was so dope that we were so involved with the fight and when somebody won, we had dopamine, serotonin, no epinephrine from all the screaming and yelling. We, our adrenaline was pumping. Like, we experienced some type of flow state because we were so focused in on what was going on in front of us. Yeah. That's crazy. I would love to go again. Me too. Dude, I want to see. You know, I just thought of Kevin Holland versus Hosmer. Why aren't they doing that fight? Well, because Kevin Holland just came off one win. Well, he's, he, he won five uh, – he was a five-fight winning streak. In, or he won five fights in 2020. Didn't he just beat Jacare? No, Ronaldo Souza. Yeah, Jacare, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah you um, have confused five, five fights in 2020 and four knockouts. And Hazmat did what? about the same. Why aren't they having yeah, those Hazmat. guys fight each other? Those guys Hazmat are doing the same. Hazmat did it and, like, and, and, uh, and 
Holland's also going up to welterweight and middleweight, back and forth, and fighting like right. Like they're the same guy. I like Kevin Holland. I like Kevin Holland. Yeah. But Hosmat should have just kept ri- fucking riding that train, dog. He should have been like, uh, I think when he was pulling all these fights and he was doing the back-to-backs, Figueredo was another person where he was like, oh, bet. You want to see how fast he can a fight? Yeah. Like, I'll run this. Figueredo is a beast. But I, I am looking at the chat, right? Yeah, I know. We're not, I'm not reading the trailer at all. I feel yeah, bad. We're getting, we're getting lost in the combo. But dude, Maybe people can ask some questions. We'll, yeah, let me see if people got any questions. We're co- we covered a lot of topics in that. Zach, we could literally talk for like years. Here, Zach, Whoa. here's the most deep question I've seen all night. What is your favorite color? <laughs> I'm a big fan of the green. Green, me too. Well, yeah, everything I like maybe, is green. Maybe it's because we're both Tauruses. That could be it. Yeah, our birthdays are only like 11 days apart, nine days apart. Yeah. Do you believe in zodiac signs? Me neither. I read mine, the Taurus, and I was literally nothing like it. It was like, it, I loved, don't think... like it, it loves material things. It's like super stubborn. I was like, I don't really care for material things, and I'm pretty much a pushover, so I don't care. <laughs> Fucking monkey farter, dog. You like orange, dog? <laughs> monkey farter, you like orange? Oh, that explains a lot. Huh? Not so yeah, bored now, are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you bored? You're listening now, monkey bro. farter, huh? It, uh, your monkey farter, monkey farter had a question. He said, "Can you talk about the Rona?" We already did, monkey farter. Pay attention. No, I and I don't know if you want to be talking about the Rona at twelve, my guy. Yeah, just guys, live your life. First of all, let me say this before I say anything else. If you get the Rona, if you feel any symptoms, go get tested. Be responsible. Wear a mask. Don't cough on elderly, you freaking murderers. I'm just kidding. But be smart. But also, if you get COVID and you're young and healthy, not that bad. It's your personal experience. Not nothing I, to really I'll, worry about. As long as you I'll, don't infect other people. Yeah, I think. So I guess in the moment of finding out that I had Rona, was, it was interesting. <laughs> I guess I can talk about that experience because that was like, that was really annoying because the day that I think it was on a Wednesday, I was at work too. And I just felt like achy. Like my body felt like it got hit by a train when I woke up in the morning. But I was also, I was, I think working 10 days straight at that time. And so I was like, I'm just run down. Like I worked through the holidays. I worked on Christmas, Christmas Eve. I was about to work on New Year's and New Year's Eve. Like I yeah. wasn't excited. And so I go into work. I do my thing. And at the end of the day, I was just like run down. And so I was like, fuck it. Like I, I should probably go get tested because I was getting a super bad headache. I was getting pressure behind my eyes. I just felt. Yeah, I got my shoulders hurt. Like I had like, it felt like like the discs in my shoulders were like yeah. grinding together. And, like, like it, it felt like I had, like, growing pains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, like, have to, like, rub my shoulders because I would just – they felt, like, hot. Like, it was just a like, sore, really? sore Dude, feeling. Oh, I woke up in the middle of the night, like, in so much pain on my shoulders. My I was ribs, like, what the heck? Lower back. Like, my body was just hurt. 
But other and than so, that, like, uh, I just had, like, uh, like a stuffy nose or, like, a sore throat. And sometimes, <laughs> and sometimes like, my ears would feel clogged. But nothing too, <laughs> nothing too crazy beside that. <laughs> yeah, when I went to the... What were you saying? Keep going. When I went to the testing site, I, dude, signing up for the, the, the test. Because I had to shovel out, like, 185 bucks for the test to get the rapid results. Because I had known that I was with people the night before and I wanted to make sure like whatever the reason was I needed to get my results now because I didn't want to keep going to work feeling like shit and then get the results afterwards yeah so I go get tested they do the nasal and then I was just like sitting in this emptiness where I'm like okay well what the fuck do I do so I ordered some food um had it dropped off curbside, picked it up, got home, found out I tested positive, and then I called my parents, and I was just like, so I tested positive, and they're like, well, that sucks, like, we know how you feel, and that's a good question. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Absolutely. That's actually a really good question. Isabel Ferrante, how do you think COVID has affected athletes' mental health? You're the per perfect person to ask about this. I, for one, feel very, very sorry for all the people who didn't get to have their last senior season in high school or college. If that would have happened to me, well, college, at least you get a red shirt and you can play maybe again. But high school, it's it, which would like I probably would have lost my mind. But like you go give it, give us your piece on that. I mean, I think it's it sucks. <laughs> like it was I remember when it first happened, it was right around March Madness and um the idea that, like, you know how athletes that will sit there and say, like, they weren't able to do so-and-so because they had their injury? Like, if they blew out their knee or, yeah. like, I could have done this if this didn't happen. It happened to everybody. Yeah. So, like, everybody loses that chance to play, especially for high school. For high school, it's a lot more difficult because I wouldn't say it's a lot more difficult. It just sucks more. Like, I bounce back and forth, and I think it makes them mentally stronger because they now realize that it could be taken away at any moment. Similar is an injury, but then you got to go through the process of recovering from the injury and this, that, and this. So at high school, I think for the COVID to happen and for it to be taken away, you learn that lesson early on that not everything is guaranteed. So in that, I would believe it makes them mentally stronger. I would pray that it makes them mentally stronger. Yeah. For the college athlete, that sucks. Like, there's no other way around it. For something like it's you really not fair. Like, out of all the things that aren't fair, like that is like not fair. No, like you're working for something your whole life. You've been playing this sport for so long. You already have to prepare for retirement. Like, you're not guaranteed to go to the pros. You're not guaranteed to do a. a I think after college yeah. and then for this, just to get stripped away, it's, it's, it sucks for me to see it. And I talk with athletes about it and it's just like, like, what do yeah. we do? Like, there's nothing you can do. And for something to be taken away, that's outside of your control. It's different than an injury because you can recover from an injury and come back stronger for yeah. the pandemic. It's like, I don't know if I'm ever going to play again. For sure. And, and it's like, like, just yeah. now thinking about it.
Yeah, for sure. And it's like, uh, you don't even get the ability to have any type of closure. Like I, I remember like losing my last like high school football game. If I couldn't have kept playing or even like, even like it was really hard for people just to lose and like not be able to keep playing a season, but not even get to the chance. That's like on a, like a deeper level of pain. And then it even sucks for people who don't play sports. Like people just in high school that want to like experience all the amazing things of like a senior year, like not going to prom or something like that. That's gotta be horrible. Like, I saw like the vir- virtual problem. <laughs> like, oh, dude, I want to like. I, I don't know. I haven't talked to anyone really in high school, but virtual problem must have been the worst. Like, well, what are you gonna do? You gotta scan it. You can scan in your living room and grind your grandma. Like, oh yeah. You have a lot less teen pregnancies. You have a lot more uh, Skype sex. I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's okay. I, don't, I think that would actually <laughs> that, end up that'd be high funny. Uh, that'd be a funny like video skit like. COVID, like, uh, like uh, high school virtual proms, like kids in their living rooms getting all effed up. <laughs> I'm curious as to what Isabel said that she talked to a Olympic athlete about it. Wow. And I'm curious as to what they had said. One of the things that I, I – and something that I've wanted to talk about for a while, but is uh, just the transition. So it's like – one of the biggest things, and it was a study that I read not too long ago, but it was uh, it was uh, preparing for your transition. Preparing for your retirement makes your transition out of being an athlete better. Yeah. That's a funny question. So it's like if you know, like your senior year comes up and you have an, an escape route per se, like you know what's going to – you know what you're going to do after you're done with sports. It makes that transition easier. But for the athletes that, especially Olympic athletes, when they retire, usually that's all they had. Yeah. So for something that you prepared for for four years, and then this is the year you're supposed to go to Japan and compete, and it's stripped away, like, okay, I guess. I don't even, yeah, I can't even. And then they're pro- well, they're yeah. There's no four years from now, they might be out of their prime. What president would beat all others in a fight? Abraham Lincoln, dog. Right, no, Abraham Damn. Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> Abe Lincoln would mop the floor. He had or, the reach. Uh, he had the grappling skill. I think uh, Theodore Theodore Roosevelt would be good too. He was kind of yeah. a badass. His well, chest I don't want to say badass. Trail of hey, tears and stuff. Um. Uh. Okay, what, let's see. Will's saying stuff, but he didn't ask any other questions. Um, here, Monkey Farter's got a, another great question. Let's go, Monkey Farter. What is your favorite food? Is that with or without the nat- nature berry? My, I was just going to say tomatoes with nature berries. Doesn't this look like an edible packet? Yeah, no, I, it looked exactly like an edible packet. I know exactly which edible Honestly, dude, like. okay. I think these might have some kind of psychedelic power because, like, I'm getting flashes of, like, like randomly. And I think it's because of these berries. It's either that well, or the hot flashes from Lorona. It could be hot flashes from Rona. I don't know if trying the nature berry wall on Rona is the best course of action. Okay, but, like, literally, you don't even need marijuana to, like, make things taste good. I'm telling you. Have you ever had these? Yeah, not nature berry. I had something else. I think they call it, like, Miracle Berry or something. I'm trying to get them to sponsor uh, 
Like that was they like a real berry, though. That was yeah, weird. like yeah, it was. They sent me, they sent me first class mail. I think uh, nature's well, berry. That, They're awesome. <laughs> Did you like all my like fake plugs? No. <laughs> I was like, I, like I was cringing at times. This is so good. <laughs> the the best one was the first one. Like your reaction to the water, the the tomato. I'm calling it watermelon now. Dude, that I was fun. Even, I couldn't even believe it. It tasted so good. That's that's how I was when I first tried it. We, oh, I think crap. we did it with. Um, I just showed my address lemons. on. I just showed my address on this. All right, who cares? All right, you're about to have a swarm of people showing up to the house. <laughs> I know when I first when I first did it, it was the lemon. I wanted to keep eating lemons. Like, it was just because they were super sweet. Because it just changed that perception of, like, what you think this really tastes like. So now I'm thinking to myself, like, does this really taste like a lemon? What did I just put into my system that is now changing all of the stuff that I've tasted for my whole life? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then this is, these are the things that messes with my head. Because now I'm thinking, like, is this really a lemon? Who says that this lemon tastes like lemon? Somebody decides to put this chemical in my mouth, and now it's just, I can taste whatever? Fuck that. I can't have those nature berry things. I'm sorry. I'm out. It's all good. They can sponsor the show. Sponsor the show. They're cool. It's a cool product. I'm out. That's my mental health is more important. <laughs> Dude. Oh, wait. Okay. So, now yeah, it's good. All right. Let me see if there's any more questions. If not, can I? Some people really want to join. I know. I'm not, I don't think I'm going to do fans this episode because I want to do a whole other fan episode. Yeah, I know. You You got. You gave him a tease with that fan episode. <laughs> but what else you got going on, Zach? I think we can might be able to wrap it up soon. We've been going for a while. Yeah, we've been going for like an hour. But that's exactly what I was because we have, we, we kind of like scratched the surface on everything introductory, introductory that we need to do. But um, yeah, I know. you have plans for your own podcast and stuff coming out? Uh, Yeah. I got episodes written out. This is something. Remember that time when we were walking down Old Town and the guy had the camera? Oh, yeah. It was last year. This Uh time. Where he was like, what are your New Year's resolutions? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And one of them was to start the podcast. And then the whole Rona thing went down. And I just shifted all my focus. But this year, I wouldn't say it's a resolution. It's just something that's continuing. So I got plans for it coming soon i don't like to talk about it as much i'd rather just do it that's what I'm talking but i got about. i got episodes written out and i guess it's more about similar like what we've been talking here just transitioning from civilian or from athlete life to civilian life what's that look like how different athletes have made that transition because i know that we have a lot of friends within our circle not just within our circle, but in our separate circles that have done things on the field and were super good athletes, but then are also doing things outside of sport or after retirement, whatever that is. But they take that same mentality of athlete to the real world. Yeah. And I think that's what makes people so attractive as an employee is you're a part of a team. You could be a leader. You know what it's like to kind of sacrifice for the greater good of whatever the company is. We want to look at it from a corporate standpoint, but 
that's part of the idea. And then the other part is just taking different uh, sports psychology topics, whether it's transition, mental, uh, self-confidence, like visualization and the different writings that have been uh, written up within like recent years, presenting them and just how I perceive them, uh, how I apply them, how I think that athletes can use them. Because ideally the idea is just to reach out to younger athletes um, or students or whoever and not like be a motivational speaker because I don't, I don't believe in that, but more from like a, just like this is how I see things, this is my experience, and this is how I've used it. Uh, take it as you may, and if you need guidance, like I can help. I don't call myself a sports psychologist because I don't have the the certi this the, the piece of paper, the certificate from the uh, Applied Association for Sports Psychology, but I'm trained in sports psychology, so I like to speak on the topics. Nice. But I would never like diagnose or say if somebody's if somebody's dealing with depression or something, I would never like. I would just send them to a mental health professional. Say like, hey yo. Go that way. <laughs> For sure. Well, I'll if you guys need, dog. you guys definitely give Zach a follow if that's something you're interested in hearing and see what he's coming out with. One thing Isabella just asked before we go is she said, what is like the worst heckler you've ever seen? Do you remember when that guy put the gum on that guy? Dog. <laughs> so we were, we were doing stand-up and we were kind of like toward the end of the night. And, you know, stand-up kind of gets progressively worse as the acts yeah, go up. Yeah, so this guy goes up, and he's, he's going up. He's doing some joke about, like, Johnny Sins being in all the professions or something. And this is, like, this dude bombs every week horribly. But he's such a nice guy. And he's up on stage just bombing. And this guy comes in with this big-ass mohawk, tattoos biker-looking guy. He brought his own beer to the bar. Which I mean, that it wasn't a small the, beer. It was like yeah. a big, like it was like a big beer. Yeah, like, you know, he brought it. Like, you watched him walk in. Like if you bring your own beer to a bar, you are a douchebag. He walks in. First thing he does is go straight up to this kid who's just eating shit, and he <laughs> just starts staring at him. The guy's like on stage. He's like, uh, "Hey, how's it going? Uh, first time here? Whatever." <laughs> Still bombing. The guy doesn't say anything. Takes off his glasses. Takes the gum out of his mouth. And hands it to the comedian. No, did he stick it on him or did he hand it to him? No. My man was on stage saying the joke. He's like, what it? He didn't know what he was giving him. He gives it. He's like, oh, it's gum. He takes it from him. Oh, yeah. And then he the gum. Yeah. That's the the guy Bobby was like. Pre-COVID. Pre -COVID. So. Yeah, pre-COVID. He takes the gum from the guy who, who basically sticks it out of it, eats the gum that the biker dude was chewing. We're just like. What just happened? Uh, so it was like the craziest, the weirdest heckle I've ever seen. Well, I think nah, I would like to talk about comedy more because even the more that I'm away from it and the more that I listen to, like, the people on, like, the, the comedy podcast and just the fucking world of it. Like, you're really just a bunch of guys that just, or girl, like, just a bunch of people that just sit there and talk shit and that's it. Like, it's a community and that's why I think, like, the Riverside scene, the LA scene, the Orange County scene, they're all different. And through that, it's like, may the best man win. 
But I do think that yeah, one of the more annoying parts. Like, I feel like I got a lot of, like, competitive vibes from certain people, which was, like, which really turned me off. But, like, for me, it's, like, stand-up isn't a competition. Like, it's mostly just to, like, have fun and just try to do, like, what you're just trying to express yourself. That's the best part about it. And that's why I yeah. think, like, and, again, you hear comics talk about it when they're, like, they'll say, like, there's people in there that want to compete or think that their crowd is being taken by a different comedian that's new on the scene it's then step up your game dog yeah or just just don't care like the whole the whole point of uh the whole point of stand-up is that it's like you're you're supposed to not care like you're like you're just making a joke out of anything like as soon as you start taking it seriously and getting competitive like i think there's that art there's the art of maintaining attention and i think why we write so much is to maintain that attention in a sense where if if somebody goes up on stage and they kill and they were able to command the room and they had all the attention on them and then you step up and you're subpar you gotta write your shit but you can get off stage and feel upset that they put you before whoever or whatever it is yeah. And you're like, well, I didn't get my fair shake, and I don't think that I I should have gone up first, or why they put me last in the lineup. And it's like, well, write more shit, write better. Like it's maybe it's not like I don't think that everybody's everybody can do comedy, but it also depends on how much you write and how much you like to grind at it, and how persistent you can be. I feel what like. are your, I mean, you still have to be funny, but you'll find your own uh, audience, per se. The more you do it, I don't know. True. All right, brother. Well, this is beautiful. Uh, Thanks for I'm doing finally, this, man. I'm happy to be on. Thanks for uh, having the Rona. And, <laughs> but like, you're going to be on a lot more in the future, bro. Yeah, if it wasn't for the Rona, I don't know if I would have ever gone on this thing, dog. <laughs> you, you, I texted you the list. You've been on the list since day one. You never texted me the list. Oh, well, I'll text you my notes. I literally have your No, I don't care about the list. list now because I'm already on the show. True, but you're so going to be I've on the show. <laughs> I'm just being strategic about when I have certain people and genders and, and different I, types. I don't care. I've known you however long like i'll see you regardless i could care less about this i do this for you thanks buddy i think this is a cool thing you got going i do think that the 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 people that you have on here are super into it i got uh, a good crowd yeah you do have a good crowd and i think that the approach that you're taking it is super smart and it's dope to see you and the, this is me being like just honest it kind of reminds me of the talk that we had in the car that day but the approach that you're taking this and the freedom that you are giving yourself to grow and not taking that strict approach, you're having a lot more fun with this than I think you were episode one, two, or three. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's, you're starting to find your own voice and the crowd I think is also starting to find it as well. Like they're starting to buy in and that's what's dope. And I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Especially with the Thanks, YouTube bro. channel, follow the YouTube channel. That's dope. Yes. Get more subscribers. Thank you, bro. I love you, man. Love you, dog. I'll okay, guys. see you. Everybody follow Zach 
and keep up with what he's doing. He's always doing crazy stuff. And we're gonna be nice. doing more stand. We're gonna be doing more stand up and collaborations and stuff soon. So have a good night, bro. Take yeah. care. Thank you, dog. <laughs> have a good night. Thank you, Zach. <laughs> Dude, guys, that was great. Now off to the world. <clears throat> Hopefully I can survive. I need to go get some peas and carrots for some soup. I'm just kidding. Hope you guys liked that. I uh, had a really good time. Zach, such an interesting guy. You can talk to him for hours and just get so, so deep uh, in so many different things. So I hope you guys enjoyed that one. I feel good. Thank you guys so much for your DMs, for asking me how I am, um, for checking in on me, keeping me not being bored. I feel a lot better. Uh, I should be 100% by tomorrow. <clears throat> Still going to be on lockdown for a couple days, so I'll keep you guys posted on all the good content. Hope you guys like the beginning uh, Nature's Wild Berry bit. Thank you again to Nature's Wild Berry for sending these things and letting us have some fun at the beginning of the show. <clears throat> Hope you guys enjoyed everything. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, so next Sunday, I think I'm going to have a very special guest. I'm not going to reveal who it is because it's going to get crazy. No, but maybe you guys can guess who it is, but I'm not going to say it. Should I see if the wild berry has, has worn off or not before I go? What should I do? Soy sauce? I'm going to just dip my tongue into it. Uh, it's been more than an hour, though. so it's probably, well, well, I took two of them, so it should be pretty good. All right. Here we go. We're going to see if the wild berry still goes off. If my double dose of wild berry still pays off. Here we go. <laughs> 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 <laughs>